Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another night of late night cruising. I'm your host, Rick Easley. And to my And the Butch Queen of them all. <laughs> the Bush Queen? Butch Queen. <laughs> Are you talking about Bush? I said Butch. Oh, Butch. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely Butch. Yeah, Coach Mass, bro. Yeah, bro. How was, how was your weekend, Sir Brian? Uh, How it is. 
thank God I have my right hand and I masturbated plentifully for three days straight. Let's see. My weekend consisted of um, me buying um, Mortal Kombat 11, playing video games. I bought Soul Calibur, and I this one cool. Um, it was like a mystery, interactive mystery. So it was like I was a detective trying to solve a puzzle. It was pretty dope. We both lived the lives of fifteen-year-old boys. You lived the life of a nerdy fifteen-year-old boy. Oh. I was a, I'm a true, I'm a true gamer. I'm like the OG original gamer. Like my first video game was an uh, NES, Nintendo system. Can I ask a question? Yes. I, I really, I, I swear it's not on purpose. I know I'm a pig. I know I talk about sex. Sex is on my brain 20%. I know. I need to know this. The whole gay gamer I, I'm not gonna lie to anybody. I don't know it, but I've been seeing lately these gay gamers. It's becoming this big thing, but it's almost like a kink group. Yes, it's 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 more of a social setting because a lot of them live in rural. They naked weird stuff. When I say weird, I mean hot. Oh, that I don't know. I'm still. Yes, Twitch. Twitch is your is the is the streaming service site. But they're naked on Twitch. But you're not allowed to be naked on Twitch. I'm so confused. Well, no. Well, you know, you know, it's gaming. We figure out. We'll find a way. But yes, that's they probably record on Twitch and then upload it somewhere else. Uh, okay. Kind of like TikTok. Kind of like you do a TikTok, and it's like it's streaming. It's gaming. Like I get it. Um, that's pretty genius. I probably will watch it if somebody's dick is hard in there, you know. But, um... Oh, well then, that's, that's a whole nother... Well, after the... After... I don't know, but I, I'm, all, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Gay Twitch. I'm putting that down. Gay Twitch. You put me onto something. So, Rick, are you playing video games naked with an erection jerk off? No, I don't have a Twitch account, and I'm old school. Remember, it's the OG, I'm old school. Like, I don't know, I'm still learning. But, like, I just, I went from a Nintendo Wii to a PS5, PlayStation 5. So, that's like a huge, giant leap. So, I just got this, so I'm still new to the game. I'm old school, but I'm new to the new game. Um... But does Rick Straight Roommate play naked with you? No, <laughs> no. Rick Straight Roommate does not do that. Uh, I don't think he knows that people are doing that. I bet you he'd be curious to see if women were doing that. Um, I also, because you, you touched on something. Um, that was pretty much my weekend. It was very chill and laid back. But I also watched We're Here, the drag queen show on HBO Max. And the reason why I brought it up because it taught it dealt with um, drag queens feel like I feel like they fill in the gap where they can't find where they don't have gay gay cities, so they go to like they went to um, Temecula I think I'm saying it right Temecula California 
Del Rio, Texas, Selma, Alabama. And The whole point of me bringing it up was like just seeing it's a great show if you really want to know the culture of American cities versus a gay city. Because they really just go to like America, like cities you would never guess would have drag shows. And they really make it a point of just showing you America and the culture and history. And it's one of those gay shows that is like a guilty pleasure. I can't like not turn away because it's such a feel good music, um, show. You know, it, it fascinates me because, you know, like we're about to talk about Rick's straight roommate, we had the most amazing conversation last week, which we are talking about today. Rick's straight roommate, who does not have a name, it's just Rick's straight roommate, um, will be selling videos to um, Rick and Tavis sleeping naked and Brett uh, for $6.99 on our OnlyFans next week. But anyway, um, I, I'm fascinated with the concept of Again, being someone who's only lived in gay cities, which is, you know, New York and here in uh, Wilton Manors, whenever I see all these things and meet all these people, I can't explain it, but New York City, when people were visiting from all over the world, they really never talk about their hometown too much. Here in Fort Lauderdale, Wilton Manors, gay men really talk to me more here about what life is like, and also, is I'm going to say it, Men to me here are more gay America. Even though this is a gay city, this is still gay. I would call this gay America city. These men, like, you know, it's so funny, like, how slower they are, not only with sex, but when I say slower, I mean it's different, it's a different world, it's a different thing. But the same thing with when I hear about their hometown gay bars, and I see these videos, and I see just floods of straight people there, and it breaks my heart, because like I said again, I love a supporter. But when I see this hometown that only has one gay bar, one, for miles and miles, and I see four boys with wigs, I like to call drag queens boys with wigs, said drag queens sometimes, doing a show, and I see a bunch of straight women and men kissing their straight women, even though it's great that they're fruit flies, get ready for later, we're going to mention it. It kills me that I'm like, there's one gay bar in a three-hour radius and well, there's there's all straight people well you, well you know I'm from I tell you I'm from Indianapolis that we had four we had four and it was a big deal to have like a new gay bar there was the 10 which was like the black Latino hip hop was more like black hip hop gay lesbian bar 
that you had we had an eagle there but i never went because i didn't know what an eagle bar was i heard so many like horror stories there was like greg's op or greg's place and talbot talbot was your dance they had phone parties the the cruisiest thing to a, like a sex party or like a cruise was the phone party they had at Talbot Street. And that was pretty much um, our gay nightlife. Like you could pretty much do a lap, go here and there, and you would see all the gay men in Indianapolis and go home. Like I will say they stayed open till 3 a.m. That was the one thing, the plus about Indianapolis is it stays, compared to other cities, it closed at 3 a.m., which is considered, like, quote-unquote, late. But, <clears throat> leading into our main conversation about me and uh, Rick Street, when we were talking about, that actually is what makes the, the point of the difference of gay men, how they constantly call us sluts. It's not that we're sluts. It's that it's opportunities. And what we mean by that is that we were saying, as we've said some podcasts before, but we were talking this with your free roommate, um, hearing your story makes me realize like so that's why for example when I meet all these men or even in New York they're different when they're in New York they're different when they're in Vegas they're different even when they're here in Wilton Matters because these are men who there's four gay bars in all of Indianapolis and they literally walk around and there's one like one walk around they see every gay man who lives like the locals other than some tourists that's it. So when you go into a gay city or you come come to a sex party, it's not that we're whores. It's because our lives of other than, oh, my friend Johnny's gay, Randy. Like, you know, having that girlfriend who calls you, you know, and like, that's it. So when you're in a place where you all of a sudden, like, you know, you see all these gay or the black party or all these events that we talk about. Yes, that's why gay men are wrestling. Oh my God, there's other men here who are like, men. They're hard, they're right, but this is not going to happen again. Like, that's why. But that's what's sad to me. We're talking about the whole... It was our conversation about straight people and coming up to that, too. With the difference between gay cities and gay America is that people call us sluts again. It's because, as gay men, we have to literally sit there for hours to find a glory hole somewhere or be creative to find places that gay men are that actually want to have sex. Because again, for us, this is where a minority, this is what I mean by straight people, straight people, oh, and I think about sex. Yes, but for you, even though, yes, you have less sex than us, we have more sex because we have less opportunities to date. We have more lonely nights. We have more, you know, that's why. You, both you of have us have, voices. most of us has always been single. And yes. it's, it's a, we're, we're a tribe of, of many single men. And so when you find somebody who just wants to get to the point, and cut to the chase, you're going to take advantage of it. Because you've waited so long to have sex. Because people don't realize, a lot of people have sex in clusters. And we don't talk about that. We talk about, oh, well, we had this many, we had this. And I feel like people can focus on the number, but they don't focus on, well, how frequent is that? Well, I only did that three or four times a year. Well, to somebody who has sex every day with a one partner, you have a lot of sex, relatively. You just have a sex with the same person, just often. As opposed to somebody who's single, who don't have that opportunity. Well, also we talked about this before too. It's also about the variety, because when I say variety, 
overt gay city. Like the majority of New York City is not gay. We're claimed a gay city because we're proud. The majority of New York City are straight people. So that whole point that your roommate and me were talking about was the thing is that people don't realize why our space is so important to us and why that anger that when I see in gay America that one gay bar for three hours, I see straight people there, I'm like, oh my God, you made up one fucking thing. Because the thing is, again, I don't get to check out a man's package on the subway or, or, or wherever you are in middle America. The, and what we were talking about with your roommate was what you're saying is even though he is a clearly fruit fly so those two raging homosexual pigs, <laughs> um, you know, not all men, if they notice that gay man staring bluntly at their package, is going to be okay with it even in New York City. And we were talking about a story with him at Starbucks where it's so, this is where it is beautiful. He was telling the story about the guy who was hitting on him. No, not hitting him, flirting with him. And he, I can't remember. Your roommate said something. No, he, no, he said, what he said was that he was giving customer service to this guy. And he was giving, or he's like, how's everything going? And the guy just bluntly stopped him and said, I have a boyfriend. Out of yes. the blue. Out of the blue. He no, was it's, giving it's, him customer service. Like, no, he literally is. 
Sexual harassment, in essence. It really is. It wasn't in quote gay gayberhood either. We're talking about the upper it's the upper east side. Well, so I'm, it's not I'm talking I'm talking about the one on thirty on thirty what was it, thirty sixth street bitch that, that I've never not seen uh, uh I've never not smelled semen walking in there. I mean that was, that was a lot hard. I thought I thought it was on the east side. I stand corrected. Gay bars and gay 
and babies and kids. And also, is they're not going to want to go to a gay bar because guess what? No, me and my husband, the kids, someone's watching the kids. We're going to go out to a straight bar. Come with us. Come with us to a straight bar where there are other straight single women, straight single men. Where us as gay minority, we're always going to be stuck going to the gay bar. We say stuck because no, hun. I don't want to go be with other 40-year-old straight women and 40-year-old straight men that are single. I want to go see whatever ones, you know, this is where, again, that stigma happens because of our sexual so, minority. That's, you go to the gay bar, half the gay bar people who are not looking for love or looking for husband, they're just looking to fuck. At this point, you're lonely, you're alone, you sleep by yourself, it's just you, your dog, your fish at home, and you know what, you're there, and maybe I'm not going to get a husband, but you know I'm so lonely. An orgasm will have to Work just fine. And that's, and, and, I, I know this is a tangent, but it's like sexual. It was like roommate, it made sense. The, he actually agreed. I loved it. Well, you, you just confirmed my debate about um, how I feel like that <sighs> pendulum's gonna swing from oh, let's all be inclusive, we're all the same, blah blah blah, gender doesn't matter, to like as you get older. You realize how much it does matter and how gender identity does make a difference and how like fighting your tribe as you get older is not the same as you know you were when you younger because you have all these theories and ideas in your 20s of how life is going to be how it's going to turn out how you're going to make all these changes but when you realize a lot of things are st still stay the same and you have other responsibilities, other things you got to deal with that you didn't have to deal with because you were, were still living at home. You were still like finding your way. You were still getting your education. And now it's like, okay, I got a job. I got my own place. Do I really care if somebody doesn't recognize me as this or identify me as that? It's like, I want companionship. I want to be loved. I want to be, I want to go out where there's people like me. I want to go to parties and events. And I feel like that's the shift we're going to see. And I feel like another generation is going to come into that already having that sense of who they are. And then it's going to just change back to the way it's going to, it's going to be different, but it's going to, we're going to revert back. Like we said with COVID. How COVID changed the way we went cruising and how we took we took for granted that all these bars and all these events will all be available to us. Now we have to be vaccinated. Now we have to be um, we have to like know our health. We have to know like if we've been test positive for COVID. And it's Talking about 
Because it, it was, it was like, it was like almost like a theme. It was like the gay night was a theme night to her. Oh, you like, oh, maybe we should hang out one night. 
not a sex cruising time. That is actually that time. The thing is, those times I'm talking about, even though back then I don't know how literally, I think other than my two girlfriends, there's maybe one other girl out of 500 gay men. I don't know how three girls out of 500 gay men were going to ruin your game, but now that doesn't even exist. Because now it's probably about 300 gay men, uh, 400 gay men, and 150 women. And straight men. Straight men I've been seeing all over. Your, your Rick straight roommates. All, I see them all over the game. Which, again, it's for you to support us, but if you're in the places you're supposed to be, which is not the gay sex spaces, I get it now. Because, like I said, I, I told that story, too. I've seen many, many straight men at, I say, gay-appropriate spaces, meaning, like, not a gay sex party, where gay men have hit on them. And they're like, oh, no, bro, I'm actually here with my my wife, uh, this is her brother, he's gay, and I love him, we love him, we always come out. You know what? Once, no, I'd still be mad, but I, I, I've been with that, that straight guy. But the thing is, now there's multiple straight guys. Where I can't remember where it was, but just recently I saw a straight man, a straight man or woman making out, and I literally started screaming, like, I don't want to see straight people, so I'm heterophobic. But I can't remember where it was, it was very gay, very gay. I'm like, that's how black I am. Like it was in some work game, not it was not where I work. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, you you make out everywhere. You have to fucking make out in a goddamn gay bar, like bro, bro. I, I. Anyway, point of the story is that's the whole point that me and your straight roommate had this amazing, beautiful conversation about is that the stigma of that even us as gay men living in gay cities, you still sometimes have to realize I'm so fortunate to be so comfortable, but realistically. Can I really look at that man's bulge? Even living in a gay city? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, even like living here in Wilton Matters. Sunglasses. Like, I'm sure I'm not going to get punched in the face. Sunglasses are your best friend. What did you say? Sunglasses are your best friend. The lasers? Sunglasses are your best yeah. friend. But what I'm saying, like, let's have some going to be ballsy, like your roommate, the whole Starbucks story. In Wilton Matters, am I going to necessarily get punched in the face if I went to a man at a grocery store? Like, uh, I think you're very attractive, like, you know, would you, like, oh, no, thank you, but I'm actually straight. Okay, the man's not homophobic because he's in a gay city and he lives here. Even though, again, to the straight people, this is a gay city and they're minority for the 60%. But realistically, you still could be attacked. Now, imagine gay America. Those men never would ever, ever think to even look at or check on, check out a man or ever do that because if this is our conversations off different men's stories from gay cities and fruit flies again straight men who hang out with like gay men or straight women who hang out with straight lesbians can you imagine in a city where it's different and there you know it, it's like you know again there's there's two gay clubs maybe in the entire three four mile radius which also brought up uh, just that point going into our other conversation of uh, a little stigma I would like to talk about but before we talk about that Rick do you have anything to capitalize on with your opinions because you lived in gay America the majority of your life before you came to New York City to let Big Ricky slap every bottom in the pinhole <laughs> I actually have fruit flies I that was part of Fruit flies in your in non in American cities is very common. 
like you 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 know you naturally attract them in different ways and it was it almost caused depression because it was always like close with no cigar it was like the nuance and the flirtation was there but it was like you couldn't be you 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 still it still wasn't safe you never was never safe enough for me to be like okay I like you, this is it, let's try, give this a try kind of thing. It was never that. So, I, I, it is so funny. I thought by moving to New York, I wouldn't have those same situations. But here in New York, I still have, quote unquote, fruit flies been in my life. And it's just like. So you're trying to suck your straight roommate's dick. I knew it, I knew it. <laughs> no, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is, is I thought my my uh, misconception about New York is that I thought that men who were gay would just automatically be out. Or they'd be like, I'm not out to everybody, but I'll be out to you. And I realized that's, that's a misconception. There's there's friendship and then there's there's friendship and then there's the it's the nonverbals it's the touching it's the. Can't turn it off. Like, as much as you hate them, you don't want to be with them, and you never want to. You know, like, like I'm gonna say, it. they always say Jeffrey Dahmer was a very attractive man. Yes, he's a horrible man. He killed people, but you can't take away facts. He's a very attractive man. You know, the same thing with even though like, and you could um. Their entire lives 
about gay men. Like, oh yeah, like you know, it's true. We are a girl's best friend. You know, for years it's been the jokes that it's been allowed. But the thing is, I always think about that on the other side. I wonder if there are girls who are like that, who have that best gay friend who wants to be with them 24-7, even though he's doing her hair and painting her nails and being funny and all this gay stuff. The thing is, that girl, what if she's like how we are? She's like, even though he's gayer than day, we're like brother and sister more, I still think he's attractive. Even though he's a flamboyant queen when he talks, if he was straight, we could be together. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. The thing is, there's not as many of them were with us. It's, that's all that we have constantly with that stigma of the, the straight men. And, you know, and people don't realize, too, and this is what's kind of intersegregating to our closing, our second rampage. Uh, you know, again, we were just talking to these men last night at uh, work. I was telling you about this before we started. The men who were talking about the stigma of even though they know about sex clubs, they know about the bathhouses, they know about grinders, scruff. They don't go on because they're still real people. And there are some people who are scared and shy. And they were saying, the man was saying he's very attractive. He was saying he's scared to go on the apps and go places because he doesn't know how to reject men that he's not attracted to. Now, he wasn't saying like he's an Adonis. He was saying it in the ways like, whenever I go on these apps, whenever I go on these sites. So he's very, empath- he's very empathetic. He's, yes, he's like, I'm constantly getting him. The thing is, and this is what I'm trying to say where it's easier, a lot of heterosexual men and women say these exact same things. Oh, I hate going on the apps. The only guys who hit on me are guys I'm not into, or guys I've met many straight men. Oh, no, bro. All I do is whenever I go on those apps, it's all these fucking, you know, ugly chicks who just hit on me nonstop, nonstop. So, yes, they're like us, too, that's what every gay man says, too. You know, only the ugly ones hit on me. But you have the supermarket. You have the this. But the point is, and this is where it's harder with the gay men, uh, as well as because we don't have those everyday life. Like, I, I used to always say it, it's like the office. Now, yes, I, I'm very different. I work in a gay bar, so everyone that I work with is always gay. But think about real people. Like, think about any of our listeners right now. The majority of the world is not working in a gay space necessarily. So think about that man as a lawyer. Perfect example. In your law firm, Let's say there's, you know, a big one in New York. There's, you know, let's say there's 200 lawyers. What, maybe there's 10 homosexuals in the entire building. That straight man, that straight woman who just said the exact same comment, and this is what we're talking about, unless I mean these men, even though they have the same empathy problems of going on the apps, or maybe, again, in the straight world, they don't have sex clubs like we do necessarily, but they, they're going to the... I know, straight mixers, which there are more of those for straight people than there are for gays. You have an office of constantly 200 people, and let's say it's a you know 50-50 split of men and women. You every day have a choice of meeting, and that's just your law firm. The building has thousands of people in it. You're walking into a building every day where there are hundreds of women or hundreds of men that maybe what ten of them are gay or. 10 of them are lesbians. Do you see what I'm saying? Where for us, we're that shy gay man or shy lesbian. We don't have that. It just just got even smaller. What are you saying? It just got even smaller. Yes. And that's what I was saying to these men I was talking to last night. I was like, you know what? Now, again, I I can say this and preach all I want to. And there's so many. And I I bring this up. I think it's important that we talk about it because... Gay men never talk about this. 
we're all going out. It's just not, we don't talk about it enough. The, the point of that, it's okay, but how do you grow from it? How do you move from it? Because now what are you going to do? Because the thing is this, what I'm trying to say is that gay men, like even myself, I can't just go delete Grindr, Scruff, and all the sex apps and, you know, give up and be hopeless because guess what? Then I'm bluntly going to die alone because other than working in gay cruisy bars is what I do. I'm only in gay sex. Do you see what I'm saying? You, you got to do something different or find a way because even when you go on eHarmony and, you know, all these different dating websites. Maybe, maybe we should talk about that because I feel like there are alternatives and I feel like we should emphasize those more because people, there are a variety, but I feel like people don't know how to research or find that. And I feel, I, I'm, I feel like I'm good at that because like I said, I'll, I'll like I, Chappie. Chappie. Chappie was supposed to be made for men who want to date. I think it was within a month my friend was showing me all the dick pics that men were sending him a Chappie. So the thing is, this is where it's game at, but again, I'm bringing this back to our original conversation of the straight stigma why we're talking about this, of us being a sexual minority. It's not that we are sluts. It's because we are a minority and we can't find, there's not a lot of other gay men so eventually it's this point of where I just want to have sex, I don't care about dating anymore because after months and months because again, we are a minority and we can't find any other people to date and eventually that's why it goes to this sex spot because eventually now you're on this page where you're like oh my god, I've been on eHarmony or Match.com or I don't know, whatever it is or you know, go a singles mixer for gays that are very, very fine and after like five loops, ten loops you know doing this again and again you're just not finding anyone eventually you're like all right this guy's well i i feel like i feel like it's more is more opportunities on here in gay city like for new york i know there's a gay dating group and literally the events that they have are mixers and and from what i gather it's because i've been to some it is about dating and getting to know each other because it's not very sexual. It's very in-person. And I feel like they are out there, um, but it's, it's more, you have to make, make more of an effort. It's not going to be effortless. It's not going to be at a touch of a button. Yes, 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 yes. And, 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 and make an effort. Mindset and effort and intent. Because I feel like a lot of people are like, Want to say, oh, well, uh, I would date if I did this and that. Oh, okay, I give you this. Oh, well, let me think about it. And it's like, sometimes it's almost a, a crutch because it's not very convenient. It's not what we see in the movies. It's not what we, you know, it's, you know, because it's like you see shows where somebody's dating, they're single, and then the next scene or next cut, they're, they're dating somebody, they meet somebody. And I feel like a lot of people... Sexually free, it's 
there's not as many of us to find. And to find, and also against that mindset that straight people have been easier put off to, like, you know, go on a couple of dates. Where gay men, it's like, all right, this is not working out. I don't see, I, I don't see this working. We're not going to work. I don't know when the next date is that I'm going to have. Let's just fuck. And that's what my whole point of that story was, again, about not us being sluts. And I used to say this as a joke. When I used to ever go on a date with a man, I used to do this a lot. The second I realized, I just, I don't see us dating. But let's go fuck like rats. Because, I mean, God knows when we have another date, we might as well get something out of it. But the thing is, we're now, as I get older, I don't know, I still see it that way. That, that's the whole point of this conversation with these men that I feel like needs to be talked about more. Gay men need to be more open about it, is that it still hurts. It's a mindset, but even when we talk about sex code, uh, sex etiquette and sex parties, sex clubs, I don't care if you are uh, Adonis, six foot four, with muscles, everyone has someone that's not into them. And even if you have five men behind that man who wants to get sucked, it still hurts. And the thing is, as gay men, I feel like we don't accept that. That it's like, you know, it's, the whole point is I was saying this man who has the Treat someone. We're not a match. It's great, but does it still hurt? And that's 
Well, you you pointed something out, and I don't cause we're run out of time. I wanna I wanna bring it up, but that mindset of focusing on what you don't like as opposed to turning your attention to something else is very uh, rampant in the gay community. And what, like we said, you focus on the rejection as opposed to all these guys who were like, you know what, I love like. Oh, and I feel like those are the guys who matches your energy and your openness, and those are the ones who respond. I'm not saying the other ones don't. It's just that you got to understand people's mindsets are, they just wire so different. Some people you have to, like, hit them with the, oh, compliment, hello, how are you? I saw your picture, stuff like that, and lean it into that. Lean it in with... Hey, I'm not. I'm drawing attention to you. This is why I sent it because I think you're attractive. Then it's like, oh, I thought you were just spamming me. Because some people feel like they don't feel they don't feel special. They don't feel special because they feel like you sent it to everybody. Sounds like entitlement. Like you, it's entitlement.
Am I fucking gross? And later on that day, we talked this actually on one podcast. I was on my knees in my glory, sucking on three beautiful cocks, and all of a sudden this man walked over and fucked my face with them. And I was like, it wasn't that I was special. It was that at that very moment I realized he literally doesn't care who he plays with. He would never talk to me one on one. He would never talk to me in grinder scrub. It's not that I'm ugly. It's not that I'm bad. It's that in a sexual setting, he thinks it's hot. One man sucking four dicks. That's why this man's cock is in my mouth. So the thing is, in a way, it made me feel better, but also it made me feel not special. Which, as I get older, I've realized I see all these different mirrors. That's what I'm saying. Gay men is that. Let's say I wasn't on my knees. I would have still been walking around that club thinking. Well, that man over there will literally let every single person here suck his dick fuck him, except for me. It was a sexual setting. So that's why I try to tell these men is that maybe you have to realize, too, is that that man out of the eight men that you saw blow him or him fuck, six of those men or four of those men he probably would never meet up with one-on-one on Grinder Scruff or AKA if the lights are on. It just so and and I, I, I've experienced that. I've, I've, I've experienced that recently in the sauna, and my mind. I always take think back about. Well, Rick, you go to the black party, you fuck this party. Like you have to like really take ownership and appreciate what you have, and that and and. Because, so like again, I said, if I if I was allowed that this situation, if I was allowed this situation to like dictate how I feel about myself, I'll be all fucked up. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm not really. If if in my mind of mind, if I wasn't horny, would I really want to play with these guys? Chances are probably not. So yes. why am I, why am I so hung? And I'm like, bring it back, Rick. Bring it back. And then I'm like. It's almost like this. It's almost like the the gay secret. Mm-hmm. A house in Fort Lauderdale, my future, but I also saw Rick Roaring 
on. But the main thing was when he messaged me, what a beautiful thick fat on cut cock. Like, I love it. That was it. And here I am, like so many gay men. This is the main objective of our closing. So many gay men, we forget to think about this. We go psycho, single white female crazy. Or we go 16-year-old girl crazy. And all of a sudden, the conundrum hit me for the first time in my adult life. Even though I find this man so attractive, I can always find him attractive, but I always will. I don't hate him. I still find him very attractive. Brian, you just sent this man pictures of your dick where you look beautiful. He acknowledged and thinks you have a beautiful dick. But the point that he has to message you back, I put myself in his shoes. If a man ever sent me his dick pic that I thought was beautiful, or I thought he was any which way attractive, Ricardo, we wouldn't be having this conversation because we'd be talking about how his cum was already down my throat. Do you see? I hope our listeners that makes sense to you. For the first time in Brian, I'm just going to think there's adult life. I finally felt, I'm not saying I'm over it, I still find him attractive, but I really put myself in his shoes. Baby, if any man sent me pictures of himself naked and I was attractive, we would have met. And, you know, and, and the, I was telling people, our listeners, about this too, with breaking it down. When I say listeners and people, I, I don't know why, but I literally talked to about 15 gay men, had this conversation. And they, them giving me, I wasn't actually talking. My loud, obnoxious, nonstop mouth was not speaking. They were speaking, I was like taking notes. But they were saying the point and the fact of the matter of that there are still men, though, who vice versa play this game in Scruffy Grinder now, where they're attractive, they're attracted to you, you're attracted to them. But the talking never stops, and there's no actual meeting. And a lot of these men who I was speaking to, like me with my story, I feel it and I see it now. You give, it's not that you give up. You literally are turned off. Because one man was telling me the story. He's like, this guy is so attractive. I'm so attracted to him. He showed me a picture of him. First of all, this man's a model. I think the man's going to kill him secretly. So I'm like, thank God you did cut that down. Because I think he's, I think that's a fake picture. I think he's going to kill you. But then I met the man live in person. I'm like, all right, boy, story is. <laughs> He literally, he's my age, 36, he got to this point where he said, he goes, as much as I find him so attractive, after three months, I'm actually turned off by him now. Because after three months of endless conversations, endless talking, there's no hopes of any kind of date. There's no hopes of any type of fucking. There's no hopes of any type of NSA, blowjobs, kink fetish. He got to the point that he said, I still think he's very attractive, but I literally, when he messages me now, and he showed me, I was like, wow, it's very reverse psychology. This man that he's been trying to have sex with, it's all the man now messaging him. Hey, 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 what's up? You haven't answered me, you okay? How you doing? How you doing? So you have this man who is like six-pack, beautiful, like, like cliche, like model, and then my friend, now friend, he's good looking, but again, like he says, you know, I'm not like a six pack. He's turned off by him. Do you see? The, the thing is, all these topics they're saying is that you hear straight people, gay people never talk about this because there's such a, oh, well, we're handling, we're sluts, we're handling the sex parts. We're handling, I'm looking for a relationship. I'm a slut shamer. Gay men have sex at places that I say they're pigs, they're disgusting. I just go on, you know, gay Christian mingle or Matt. But we never talk about gays' feelings. Gay men never 
and their feelings were hurt. And their feelings with that were always tough bitches. Oh, fuck him and his shrimp dick. Do you see what I'm saying? That's my closing statement, Ricardo, and you better fucking have something to say about it. Say it. I know you got something. You better have some feedback. Uh, I, I agree with it. I feel like we don't communicate with our emotions. I feel that part of us is still almost quote-unquote straight in a sense that we don't we've we've been so accustomed to hiding our emotions that we use attack words we use um we always feel like we we always feel like we have to rise above it and show no no weakness always straight come from strength um but it was I wrote down um, that sexual peak, a sexual peak that sometimes you can miss it when it's like you've been so turned on, like you're excited, and then like it starts to wane after a while because now, it's like now you're coming down off the peak, and now it's like the, that sexual energy and height that you reach, you reach there, and it was like that moment where you just had to have this person. And they just didn't connect the way you wanted them to. And now you're like going down the hill. And they're trying to like take it to the next, you know, try to, you know, take it to the next level, next uh, higher plane. And it's like, no, I'm not going to text you anymore. I'm not going to text you infrequently. I'm not going to be quick to answer, respond to you as quickly because we missed that, that sexual peak, that sexual moment. There's no chemistry, yeah. Because we 
Patreon and now Patreon. Thank you for listening. Talk to you later. Bye.